0: Alright, welcome everyone to the Ben and Corey podcast. I'm Corey Novotny. And I'm Benjamin Carlson. Ben and I are back again to discuss all the latest happenings in the sports world. As a reminder, this podcast and all future
1: podcasts are available on both SoundCloud and the Apple Podcasts app. That's right, Corey. If this is your first time listening to the Ben and Corey podcast, welcome to our show. If you're a veteran listener, thanks for coming back for more.
0: This episode will be a little different than the first two, as my friend from high school, Brian Wells, will be joining us as a special guest host.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to join the program and hope this won't be my last time.
1: Glad to have you with us, Brian. So with that, let's get started. We're now two weeks into NFL free agency, and plenty of big-name players will be changing teams in 2018. We'll discuss some of the most intriguing signings and debate the winners and losers of the offseason so far. This year's edition of the NCAA
0: Tournament has certainly put the madness in March Madness. We'll talk about the biggest storylines and upsets of the first two weekends and predict who will cut down the Nets in San Antonio at the Final
1: Four. With the NBA regular season drawing to a close, we'll discuss what to expect as we approach the playoffs, including the ultra-competitive Western Conference playoff race. What team we think has the best chance to unseat LeBron James as the seven-time defending Eastern Conference champion, and how injuries to perennial All-Stars and MVP candidates will affect three of the league's best teams.
2: Finally, the biggest focus of tonight and the number one reason why I'm here is because of Ben and Corey's 2018 Major League Baseball season preview. With opening day starting this week, we'll give our predictions on what to expect this spring and summer, and ultimately who will still be on the field come October.
0: And in honor of having Brian as our guest, Ben and I debate our favorite celebrities named Brian, real or fictional, in today's top five.
1: And with that, I think we're ready to get started. Let's talk about NFL first, uh, more of my strong suit. And we'll start by talking about the uh, proverbial quarterback carousel that has been going on. Uh, Free agency kicked off, and we saw a lot of quarterbacks who have shown some potential in some areas get jobs elsewhere. Uh, We'll start with what, in my opinion, is the most egregious one, is uh, Sam Bradford being signed to a big old contract to go uh, play for the Cardinals and try to make them relevant in some capacity. It
0: is really amazing how Sam Bradford has been able to sustain a career as long as he has just because he's been too injured to prove that he's not a the the number one overall pick that he was like eight years ago. Uh, I, I don't know what was the stat he's made like hundreds of millions of dollars already in his career and has zero playoff appearances. So it, It's
1: silly. He's the he most overrated
2: is- quarterback of all time, right behind Jay Cutler. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, and, and specifically overrated and like how much he gets yeah. paid. Because yes. I don't think anybody looks at Sam Bradford and is like, oh, he's good, and some people are like, oh, but he's not. I don't think anyone thinks he's good. Just somehow this man's pocketbook just gets stuffed every time he gets a contract. Well, he, so he's in St. Louis. He gets
0: his time on the field, but then deals with injuries. He, well, he missed the entire 2013 season and the 2014 season, and then gets traded to the Eagles for Nick Foles, and then gets traded to Minnesota, somehow sets the regular season completion percentage record there, and then gets hurt again last year. And uh, despite, you know, playing one game and having Case Keenum do all these great things in Minnesota that Bradford was probably unable to do himself, still finds himself replacing uh, Carson Palmer as the, the new guy in Arizona. Uh, yeah, I I don't
2: really Should have got Captain Kirk.
1: <laughs> yes, and, and we will get to him in a second. Uh, just to... to... To finish off on Bradford, I, as a Niners fan, am, am very happy to have him back in the NFC West. I'll just put <laughs> it like that. But yes, Captain Kirk, the hottest free agent in a long time, he deci- he made his choice, and he's going to Minnesota, and I think that's a great fit for him. He's, a, I mean, he's the best quarterback that was available in free agency, and he's joining what a team that's ready to win right now. So I think this is going to be Kirk's... Uh, his potential to go as far as uh, he's ever gone uh, in a season. Yeah. So, Brian, uh, despite being
0: a Patriots fan, you'd still say Kirk Cousins is your favorite quarterback in the NFL?
2: Oh, well, definitely one of them, for sure. I mean, he's...
0: What are your thoughts on him uh, going to the Vikings?
2: Uh, well, in all seriousness, I actually do like the move for not just Kirk, but also the Vikings. I mean, like, um, you know, they've won the top defenses in the entire league, and they got some pretty good receivers and Diggs and Thielen and... You know, case came obviously he did pretty well in like three quarters of the year and some of the playoff playoff games well maybe not so much in the NFC championship game versus Philly but um, you know the, I guess really the one thing they needed to add was you know a, a quarterback like you know a one not an elite quarterback but you know a quarterback that can you know probably lead him to a Super Bowl or to the Super Bowl with um, all that talent on the rest of the team.
1: He's a top at least top half of the league. Top half for and, sure. And, yeah. Yeah. And and that's exactly what they need. I mean, the what they got done with Case Keenum, I think, blew everybody's mind. Yeah. Uh, and and he's definitely an upgrade. So the the sky's the limit, really, in my mm-hmm. opinion.
0: Yeah, I guess my question is how much of an upgrade Cousins will actually bring, because Minnesota did go thirteen and three last year with Keenum. It's difficult to do better than that, especially being in a division like the NFC North where Aaron Rodgers is gonna be healthy next year. The Lions are always a contender and the Bears, at least the Bears improved. are not going anywhere.
2: They're not going anywhere with <laughs> so, Trubisky. Uh, he, he
0: but yeah, of course, you know, the Eagles are not going anywhere and the, the NFC definitely is a, a tough conference. So I guess we'll see how Cousins does. Uh, maybe next year won't necessarily be a huge improvement, but I think long term he'll definitely be better than what Minnesota has had in the past.
1: Agreed, and, and it's not necessarily about improving. It's about getting back to the playoffs. I mean, Case Keenum had kind of a uh, career year last year that no one expected, and I don't know if they expected him to do it again. So Kirk Cousins, I think, gets them to the playoffs, He gives them a really good chance to get back to the playoffs, and maybe this time they won't blow it. But moving forward, I guess continuing our conversation on Case Keenum, he's headed to the Broncos, and for me, I think the Broncos are disappointed that he's not Kirk Cousins. They signed the wrong quarterback, Whose name starts with a K? Because <laughs> Case Keenum, I, I I I know that the Broncos also have a really good defense. Uh, that, comp, I mean, that division is in uh, a little bit of a shift right now. It's tough to say who's going to be the best team, and I think that the Broncos could have made a real claim for the for the division if they had their quarterback. I'm not sure if Case recreates what he had in Minnesota, uh, down there in the AFC West.
2: No, I don't think so either.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not a big believer of
0: Keenum in Denver um I think he I wouldn't necessarily say he had a fluke year in Minnesota but I do think he had a lot going for him with the Vikings and the Broncos certainly uh were one of the worst teams in football last year just two years removed from a Super Bowl uh and I I don't think Denver is going to be that much better with Keenum at quarterback compared to what they had
2: I don't see much improvement I mean I mean I think I think he'll be better than Osweiler or uh, Paxton Lynch or, you know, Simeon. I think he'll be better than all three of those guys, but, I mean, it's not that much of an improvement, to be honest. And their defense is not going to be the same as it was, you know, three years ago when they won the Super Bowl.
1: That's a good point. The defense certainly did older.
2: So I, to finish up our
1: little summary of some quarterback moves, uh, going on to the Jets. The Jets made a couple of interesting quarterback moves by signing Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, for me, that's a little disappointing. I wanted to see Teddy Bridgewater really have a chance to be a starter. And while he may end up in that spot, I think it's much more likely that the also recently signed Josh McCown uh, or as I like to call him, Josh Hoops McCown uh, will probably be the starter. Did you guys see those uh, those clips of Josh McCown playing in a celebrity basketball game? I think it was Tori Smith's celebrity uh, basketball. I game. did not. I saw them.
2: I gotta check that out for sure. I love he, Josh. McCown. He's got
1: he's got handles. <laughs> I mean, he <laughs> yeah. was good. Yeah, he was really good <laughs> in Rocky
2: IV too. <laughs>
1: He's, uh, he's, he's a great guy. I think McCown is uh, easy to root for, especially after how well he played for the Jets. And uh, I had no idea he had such handles on the court. Um, okay, so that, that covers our summary on the quarterback carousel. Next on the agenda is Patriot departures. Notable free agency losses for the Patriots. So I'll give you a quick rundown of the, the most notable guys here. We got Danny Amendola headed to division rival Dolphins. Malcolm Butler and Deion Lewis both headed down to the Titans, and stalwart left tackle Nate Soldier is—he's uh, gone too. He's headed to the Giants. So the question is, doesn't matter? Be- does it matter? Because this team still has TB12 at the quarterback position.
2: Uh, do you want to go first, Corey?
1: No, nah, Brian, you're a Sam,
2: how about <laughs> you give us your response? Um, well, I—I I don't think Soldier is as. Big of a loss, as most Patriots fans think. I mean, he's a good run blocker for sure, um, but he gave up a little bit more pressure than people think um, when it comes to the passing game. Um, I mean, it's definitely not ideal having like Marcus Cannon or Ladrian Waddle or uh, whoever else is going to be, you know, protecting Brady's blind side. But for what the Giants paid him, I it's not that big of a loss, in my opinion. Um, I mean, there's still going to be one of the top five, at least, scoring offenses in the entire league, like, whoever comes in and whoever goes. Um, but, yeah, Amendola, you know, I totally get why he left. I mean, he was pretty underpaid the past three years, you know, taking all those pay cuts. And so he, you know, he did what was best for him. And I'm, you know, glad he was here, you know, making all those plays in the Super Bowls. Um... You know, Deion Lewis, I, in my opinion, I think he was probably the best running back that the Patriots had, like, in terms of him, James White, um, Gillisley and Burkhead, in my opinion. He was just so elusive and, and probably the best pure runner, in my opinion. Not like James White, like, catching out of the backfield. I mean, we all saw that in the Super Bowl against the Falcons with, you know, 14 catches, but um, so there'll be losses for sure, but at the same time, I still think they'll be um, back in the AFC championship game and possibly the Super Bowl again.
1: Agreed. I-, I think the Patriots don't get much worse, and I don't think that the teams that got these players are necessarily getting the players that they think they're getting. I think Dion Lewis has a chance to be something really effective uh, down there with Marcus Mariota and uh, Derrick Henry. I think that that is a uh, pretty dangerous three-headed monster for the Titans. But Malcolm Butler, I think, is a little bit overrated. Nate Solder, again, yes, I think also a little bit overrated. And Danny Amendola, I mean, you lost Jarvis Landry and you you gained Danny Amendola. That's a net loss. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, in a,
0: well, in in replacement for Dion Lewis, the Patriots did bring in Jeremy Hill, who uh, they'll hope to have his younger days performance in Cincinnati like his rookie season when he ran for 1200 yards and 9 touchdowns So, I don't think that the Lewis loss will be that big uh, Amendola getting older, Malcolm Butler he he looked like a star early on but he was ultimately benched in the Super Bowl and yeah, like you guys said Nate Solder it's, it's always tough losing your left tackle but I don't think that's necessarily as huge of a loss as it could be I'm definitely a big
2: Malcolm Butler fan, um, but I do agree, like, he wasn't as good last year as he was the first couple years with the Patriots starting as their top corner, Um, but, you know, I'm definitely a big fan, like, with his story and, you know, the Super Bowl catch and everything leading up to that, Um, and still a mystery today, like, why he was benched in the Super Bowl, but, um, you know, I'm glad he got paid, and... And I'm also glad that they got Devin McCoury's twin brother.
1: Yes, which I uh, I wanted to comment on a couple more of the additions to the Patriots that also kind of negate any talent they lost because they got Cordell Patterson from Oakland. So the the Patriots just got even better on special teams. Uh, (laughs) Like you mentioned, Jason McCourty, who's had two pretty good years in a row playing for the Titans and then the Browns. And Danny Shelton, also a former Brown who could be a real, really good piece to install in the center of that defense. So I think the Patriots had a pretty good offseason, and most years it doesn't even matter if they have a good offseason because they're going to still be good, thanks to TV12. But uh, just to finish up a recap here on, uh, on the free agency, let me throw some more names at you. We've got... Uh, Allen robinson uh left the jaguars went to the bears three years 42 million dollar contract big signing there uh the lions will they have a run game next year Garrett blunt signed a one-year 4.5 million dollar deal with them the packers have a touchdown catching tight end in jimmy graham for three years 30 million dollars uh tyron matthew if 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 they, 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 a big old f u to Larry Fitzgerald for sticking around another year in Arizona. They let Tyron Matthew go so they can afford to pay Sam Bradford. And now the Texans have an excellent safety joining their roster. Uh, Buccaneers traded for Jason pierre paul so he can officially be uh, Captain Hook down there for them. Jordy Nelson, a surprise cut from the Packers. He's joining the Raiders on a two-year, uh, $15 million Contract and just today, right before we started recording this podcast, Nadamanikin Sue joining forces with Aaron Donald and the rest of the Rams' defense. That is going to be a scary secondary. Well, s- s- defense in general, but combined with that secondary, it's going to be th- they're impo- they're going to impose their will on some offenses.
0: Yeah, I definitely would not want to line up against uh that the tandem of Aaron Donald and King Sue if I'm an offensive lineman in the NFC West. So, uh, good luck to your Niners
1: O-line this year. <laughs> Everybody, all the Niners fan pages like to claim that the reason why the Rams are going on such an arms race right now is because we signed Jimmy, and then they they totally they're like, oh, time to make our defense really good, which is a pretty vain way to look at it. I mm-hmm. think that the <laughs> the more likely uh, thing that's going on is that the Rams are ready to win now. They're putting they're yep. you know they're they're going for it all the way, and I I think it's really cool. I never thought I'd see a guy like Nadamak and Sue and Aaron Donald playing on the same D line. So while as a rival, it's I. Fear it as a football fan. I can't wait to witness it.
2: Scary.
0: All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh who are some of the the biggest winners to you guys this off season?
2: Um. Well, you guys kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but yeah. For winners, I would say definitely the L.A. Rams uh, with the recent signing of Sue and the um recent trade of getting Mar- Marcus Peters and getting Talib, and so they're definitely you know revamping up that defense and trying to go for it next year
1: agreed i think that the vikings had a great uh, i think they're winning the offseason. It wasn't hard but there's getting the best quarter yeah
2: that 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 was my other winner yeah for sure
1: yeah so one of my winners uh a team
0: who has not been very good in recent years i don't necessarily think that they're going to be a playoff team this year But I do think we're gonna see some improvements. And they do have an outside shot. Uh, are the Chicago Bears. I think adding Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, and Trey Burton to that offense while maintaining Kyle Fuller and Princey Mukamara, two of their their best defenders. Uh, I think, you know, the the Bears have a chance to parallel the Rams success last year. Because we remember the Rams in 2016 were garbage. Jared Goff didn't win a single game in nine starts. They went 4-12. and 12. And while Mitch Trubisky wasn't necessarily as bad as Jared Goff, he certainly struggled his rookie year. So I'm interested to see what he can do in year two. He has a few more weapons. I think their defense is going to be good. Like I mentioned earlier, the NFC North is a tough division. I still think they're... Ceiling is 8-8 eight and eight in third place, but it will be interesting to see, um, you know, what those signings can, can do this year and long term as they try to get back to the, the uh, powerful Bears that they used to be years ago.
2: Yeah, I'm usually more down the Bears, but no, those are all good points. I mean, I can see them, you know, going at least, you know, at least six wins, maybe, maybe seven or eight, and definitely, you know, compete for a playoff spot.
1: We'll have to see what Mitch can do. Uh, that's That, for me, is the pinnacle yep. Uh, yep. of like what's going on in Chicago. But let's go ahead and switch it over to the losers. And for me, I kind of already said it earlier, but I think the Dolphins definitely lost <laughs> the offseason uh, this, this year because they, they lost their best player on both sides of the ball. And the Dominicans, too, obviously an, impo- an imposing force, sometimes underappreciated in that Dolphins defense. He's gone. And Jarvis Landry up to the Browns. I don't know how you can let go of a you know, a generational player like that, but they have, and like I said, Danny is no replacement, so the, the Dolphins definitely got worse. Yeah, they also
0: lost Mike Pouncey this offseason, so he's been their center for years, and that uh, that definitely could be a big loss as they try to bring Ryan Tannehill back from injury.
1: And I, I love my man Frank, and I'm glad yep. that he gets to sign kind of just a one-year, right off into the sunset, Contract for the Dolphins and gets a chance to move even higher on the all time rushing list. But I don't think that Frank Gore suddenly makes them a better team.
2: How is he still playing? <laughs> right? I, I don't understand it.
1: Frank the Tank. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, uh, my big loser, who uh, Ben, who I'm sure you'll be happy to, to know that they have lost a lot more than they've gained this offseason, are the Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Uh, they lost Richard Sherman. Jimmy Graham, Sheldon Richardson, Paul Richardson, and Michael Bennett uh, didn't really replace them with anything yet to this point. They, they had a near MVP season from Russell Wilson, but they certainly were the worst they've been since he's been there. They, they missed the playoffs entirely. It was a really, really bad season in Seattle, and I think things are only going to get worse. Uh, it, there's still some question marks about whether or not they'll be able to keep Earl Thomas, who's set to be a free agent at the end of this, this season. So I definitely think that the, uh, the lesion of boom totally gone now. And the, the rest of that Seahawks dynasty that never was is, is about to, uh, really enter a rebuilding mode within the next year or two.
2: Yeah, I was, I was going to say the Seahawks too, but I'll go with another team. Um, I'll go with the Redskins i i mean not only do you lose kirk but you you get alex smith in a trade and sign him to a giant contract like most mediocre quarterback of all time dude completes like three yards per per you know per per catch and it's just i, I don't understand what they're doing i mean with with yeah, the boy. eagles you know still an the lead team <laughs> obviously coming off the super bowl win and um, the Giants getting sold there, and I mean, who knows what they'll do with Odell. Um, and then the Cowboys, I mean, I don't—they haven't done a whole lot, but they did get Allen um to, you know, give more help to Dak in the passing game.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think the Redskins are the the losers of the NFC East to this point, they also struck out when it came to a lot of the bigger name free agents that they were linked to. So. We'll see how the uh, Alex Smith era goes in Washington. But Yeah,
2: I, it's not going to go well. I'll tell you that right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So with that, let's uh, let's move on to March Madness. So this tournament has been filled with shocking upset after shocking upset. And the, the biggest upset to this point has been Loyola Chicago, an 11 seed in the South region, making it all the way to the final four knocking off Miami and Tennessee on late-game buzzer beaters, surviving Nevada in the second round, and then uh, a solid 16-point victory over Kansas State in their most recent Elite Eight game this weekend. And Loyola Chicago is in the Final Four for the first time since 1963. So, Brian, your dad actually picked Loyola Chicago to make it to the Final Four? Yeah,
2: he did. That's right. Rambling all the way to the Final Four. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That. I mean he literally only did that just because of the name. let I me mean, not do that any research whatsoever <laughs> he really just heard the name like oh they're they're going all the way for sure.
0: Well, the Rambers were a trendy pick to at least survive the first round. uh I had him making the sweet sixteen. I had him beating Tennessee, but I certainly did not think they would advance any further, and I had him losing the sweet sixteen to Texas, so you know, don't look at me as, uh, like, I totally nailed Loyola Chicago this, this bracket. <laughs> my my dad's the only but. person that, that nailed that pick. <laughs> yeah, I think ESPN said only, like, 550 people picked him to make the Final Four or something like that. Wow, which is, and one of them was yeah. my dad. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that, that number might be off. That might have been the, the whole Final Four. But, yeah, there's definitely not a whole lot of people thought Loyola Chicago would, would make it as far as they did. Yeah. Um, so beyond just Loyola Chicago-Cinderella run, this tournament had a rare upset. And I told you last time when filling out your bracket, don't pick a 16 to beat a 1. What happens? UMBC, 16 seed, blows out Virginia, 74-54. to First time in the men's tournament that a 16 seed has ever defeated a 1 seed. And that is a shocking upset. Uh, and Virginia, their tournament struggles continue year after year
2: yeah it's pretty impressive what what happened in that game um I, I knew I knew one day or one year eventually a 16 seed would eventually beat a one seed but didn't think it would happen like didn't think it would happen this year like you said
1: it, it's abs- it's history and the question is next year do you pick an upset for a 16 one i mean it's now you know it's possible it just seems like it's such a minuscule chance it would never be worth it to actually pick.
2: Probably not now, unless if it's Virginia as a one seed again. They're they're the worst tournament team. Like it's not even just last, or it's not even just their last game. Like they've lost, you know, earlier years in the second round. They had that one loss against Michigan State in the second round when they were a two seed, and they lost to Syracuse um, in the Elite Eight, like as with them as a ten seed. I mean, I don't know how well. Go off topic a little bit. I don't know how Syracuse keeps making the tournament with. <laughs> how they do in the regular season.
0: Well, well speaking of Syracuse, you know, they did barely make the tournament this year as an 11 seed, but they they won three tournament games. They won their play-in game against Arizona State, knocked off TCU and then upset Michigan State 55 to 53 in the second round. The Spartans were one of the favorites to uh win the tournament this year. So, Syracuse for the second time in 3 years. Whether or not they deserved to get in, they, they certainly played like they, they belonged.
2: Yeah, picking Michigan State to uh, win the tournament, uh, pretty, pretty smart move yeah. there. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess there's some other notable upsets. I said Cincinnati would lose in the second round, blew a 22-point lead to Nevada, lost 75-73. I also said North Carolina would win, win the national championship. They, like Cincinnati, lost in the second round as a two-seed. Hey. Uh, Xavier one seed went down in the second round. Yeah. yeah. Florida State with two upsets. They also knocked off Gonzaga. Kentucky, you know, after all the other teams in the uh, the South region lost with Virginia, Cincinnati, Tennessee, and Arizona all going down in the first weekend, everyone thought they had such an easy path to get to the Final Four, and they got knocked out by Kansas State in the Sweet Sixteen. So, uh, yeah, really. It's really kind of wild how how crazy that South Region was.
2: I kind of wonder. Um, I was listening to the first take one day with, when Jay Williams was on um, college basketball analyst on ESPN, and he talked about how that there's a, a little bit of a coaching and possibly a coaching and talent issue going on and going on in college right now. I mean, I mean every year it's always unpredictable, and there's always there's always going to be some upsets and occasionally a Cinderella team, whether it's like Butler, VCU, George Mason, George Mason, and now this year, the, the Ramblers, but um, with like, just the amount of like team, like the amount of elite teams losing really early in the tournament with, you know, Michigan state, North Carolina, Xavier. And it's, it's just, it's crazy. Like, I wonder if that's, If it is true, if there is a talent or coaching issue, I mean, I know that's brought up in, you know, in the NFL a lot when it's every year, it's usually the Patriots, Steelers, and then uh, the Seahawks, and then pretty much everyone else um, is fighting just to make the playoffs. And I kind of wonder if there's a similar issue in, in college as well.
0: Yeah, the the upsets we saw this year are certainly not something that we've we've been used to.
1: But that that's the whole yeah. madness of it. Though. Yeah, March Madness makes these kind of situations possible. That's true. Which that's is true. While while I'm not the I'm not myself the biggest college basketball fan, I'm totally a fan of the unique situation that March Madness creates. And having uh, Loyola Chicago make it this far is. You know that's what you're looking for. That's madness right there. That's what this kind of bracket makes possible.
2: That's true. Yeah.
1: So do do we want to go ahead and cover our predictions for what what's left of the of March Madness, our Final Four predictions?
2: Um. Yeah. Sure. Um. Unfortunately, I don't think the Ramblers will beat Michigan. I mean, as as much as I love for it to happen, I mean. As amazing as their run has been, I mean, if you look at the teams they've beaten, I mean, it's not... They, they haven't faced a, an amazing team yet until, like, they will, you know, upcoming Saturday against Michigan. I mean, they've... In the first round, they faced Miami, and the second round, was an okay Tennessee team, and then, then they go on to face the Nevada, and then K-State. K- like, all, all are pretty good teams, but none of them are, like, you know, Villanova, Kansas, Michigan. I mean, so as much as I'd love for it to happen, I I don't think they'll be beating Michigan. I think Michigan will move on to the championship. And then if I had to pick who'd who'd win um, the whole thing, I'd probably say Villanova. I mean, they've looked so dominant in the whole tournament, especially um, against Texas Tech.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there, Brian. Villanova is my pick, and I, I think... That now that we're into just these last three games, it's the madness dies down a little bit, or at least a possibility for madness. And uh, I think that we're gonna see, if not Villanova, then Kansas. I think one of the one seeds goes home with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, an exciting upset would be Michigan, but for me, my choice is gonna be Villanova. What you got, Corey? Yeah, I, I agree. I
0: think that Loyola's luck is gonna run out uh, now that they're they're going up against their toughest competition in Michigan. And Villanova, I said that they would lose in the finals to North Carolina, but realistically, if I wasn't just going with the homer pick, I would have said Villanova would win it all, and I think that they're going to knock off Kansas and then knock off Michigan in the national championship game in San Antonio to win their second title in three years.
2: Just run for that buzzer beater (laughs) again. (laughs) That would be something. Or a Gordon Hayward half-court shot you know, to win it all.
0: This does not fall. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, But now on to professional basketball, the NBA. So the NBA season is winding down. Uh, We have most teams have ten or less games to go in the regular season before we reach the playoffs, and there are a few teams that are dealing with some injury issues. With the defending champion Golden State Warriors, and their star, Stephen Curry, at the top of the list. So, Curry is dealing with a knee injury, and Coach Steve Kerr has already said he's going to miss the first round. Uh, and what are your guys' thoughts on what that means for Golden State's chances what? to get back to the finals?
1: Well, okay, obviously, Stephen is an amazing basketball player, so any team that he's on that loses him is going to be worse. But you still have an amazing roster behind him. And it's the first round of the NBA playoffs with the, uh, the Warriors not having done as well as they did this regular season. I think that if they can get Steph back after the first round, like if he's only out for that first round, this is negligible. We'll, we will have forgotten about this by the time we're talking finals. Uh, I know that he is a big, I've, I've like read the stats. They are worse without him, but there's still the Warriors so I think that they should have a level of confidence if they think that he can be back in time for the next round.
2: They should still be in the conference finals versus versus Houston. I mean, I think the only team I would consider like like of all the lower seeded teams, like I'd consider having them compete against the Warriors would be the Timberwolves. But like with Jimmy Butler, you know, banged up. I mean, I I really don't see anyone competing against them so it's really I really think it's just going to be Houston or Golden State again
0: yeah I think it'll be tough for any of those teams to knock off Golden State in the first round whether or not they have Curry Uh, it'll be interesting though they're already saying Curry's out in the first round so what does that mean about his chances of playing in the second round or even coming back at all in the playoffs so Uh, I think that a lot of people have been saying, oh, the Warriors are going to win the West every year, they're going to win the finals every year. Well, injuries are certainly something that happened, and I do think that this Curry injury has the potential to spoil those plans, regardless of whether or not you think the Rockets are better than the Warriors.
1: Well, this is why we play the games, right? Mm-hmm. If we just looked at the teams and said the best one was going to win it all, then that would be boring. So, <laughs> that's why we that's why we go out there and have them, uh, you know, dribble the ball and shoot it through the hoops. So we can find out who really is the best. Yep. I think and they uh, should
2: imp- implement that new rule. Like, after all the, you know, the sixteen teams there in the playoffs, they should form a one through sixteen like east east west thing where, you know, Houston and Golden State are the one and two seeds. I want to see it this year just because I really don't think the anyone in the east has a chance of beating golden state i mean if it if it's like houston and and boston and boston's healthy i mean i think they'd have a shot but i think it's clear that houston and golden state are the top two teams
0: yeah i definitely think that's that's reasonable um in terms of just the seeding 1 through 16 i think you have some interesting matchups in terms of travel time if you for instance have like boston having to play uh denver in the first round where you got teams flying back and forth i don't
2: believe uh, i don't believe that's a huge issue i think that's more of a media thing i don't think the players will have that would have that big of a problem like with the time change maybe just make it a 2-3-2 format if if it really is that big of a problem
0: yeah, I guess, you know, that's the story for another year. That's, that's not gonna true. Happen this, that's true. This year. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a, a team that we have mentioned, the Celtics, also have an injury to their point guard, Kyrie Irving. He's out three to six weeks. They might have him back for the first round of the playoffs. They might not. And I think that Kyrie being injured is a, a bigger deal than Curry with the Warriors, at least in the first round.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, Kyrie is the identity of that team, so having him out, it yeah, it's huge. It's disappointing for me because every year, uh, and we're gonna talk about this too. It's it's the LeBron show in the East, and I thought Kyrie had a reasonable shot at maybe dethroning the king, and uh, that is definitely questionable now.
0: Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how he he does going forward with his his injury. Uh, there was thought that it would just take a little rest but he did have to have some kind of surgery done so as a Celtics fan I know I hope that Kyrie is healthier sooner rather than later uh, yeah and then the, the the another big injury which this isn't a new one uh, but I think it's something we're talking about is Kawhi Leonard of the Spurs is he ever going to come back is he ever going to play for San Antonio again His teammates and his coach have all been questioning whether or not he would play again. Apparently they had a a team meeting, players only, where they basically said, hey Kawhi, why are you not playing? Like, We need you out there if we're going to have any kind of playoff success. And There's a lot of questions as to why Leonard is not getting on the court and whether that's him just giving up on the team or he's really just too injured to play right now. I guess is something that we could find out in the the coming months this off season. I
1: mean, whatever the reason is, it's a tragedy. I love seeing Kawhi Leonard do the things he does, so I I, I personally think that he's got to be injured, like to a point where he's not comfortable playing the game. Because when he's out there, he's a magician. So I don't know. It's just disappointing, really, for me. Mm-hmm. Agree. <laughs> Yeah, one of the
0: theories is that he could potentially continue to sit out because he doesn't want to rush back from injury, get hurt again, and miss out on his chance to make a boatload of money next offseason when he's a free agent. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. He's gone. Uh, Yeah, it does not look like Kawhi is going to be playing for the Spurs again, at least this season. So... Uh, you anyway, Brian, as you already mentioned, you think Houston Golden State is a done deal in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, do either of you guys think that any team has a chance to to prevent that from happening?
1: Let let me play let me let me throw in a little homerism here <laughs> as I do reside in the city of Oklahoma City. And the 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 Thunder have actually been somewhat impressive against top-tier teams this season. I think that as of Oklahoma City fan. We expected a little bit more from them this year, especially getting uh, Paul George and Carmelo in here. We thought we had a pretty dominant big three. And while I think that they're definitely going to be, I know there's a lot of movement that could happen for them before the playoffs start. I, I would like to believe that they're going to be closer to the top, but I mean, they've beaten the Warriors, the Rockets, the Raptors, the Cavs, the regular season. Those aren't series. I would still probably favor uh, a lot of those teams over the Thunder in a series, but it there's there's a chance there's there's definitely a chance that Russell Westbrook could just go triple double all over these teams and potentially get the win out there and have an upset. So it for me, if anybody's gonna be able to do it, it's my hometown Thunder.
2: He can get all the triple-doubles he wants. So they're still going to lose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think Portland, the, the three-seed, is good enough to beat either of those teams. New Orleans is Anthony Davis and everybody else, and they have not had the playoff experience to just come in and uh, you know advance far enough to face them, let alone actually beat them and minnesota like you mentioned brian i think that they they have potential but realistically i i don't think that that team is good enough just yet i think they have a lot a lot of ways to go in the future so yeah to me golden state houston seems like a a lock for the western conference finals but the rockets have had their fair share of playoff uh, failures in the past chris paul has never made it to a western conference finals it, Last season, James Harden choked in the playoffs against San Antonio. They look like they're good enough this year that that shouldn't be an issue, but it's certainly something to keep in mind.
2: Whenever it's not going well, no one quits more than James Harden, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I love I love watching him play, but whenever it gets tough, like he shuts it down.
1: Last year was the uh, Ginobili block, right? Mm-hmm. That was uh, that kept the the Rockets or that knocked him out of the playoffs. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, in, in
0: game five. Game six, they got blown out of the water. Right, right. Yeah, beautiful.
2: Which is what I was talking about in terms <laughs> of just quitting.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was bad. Um, and then as for the East, so like we mentioned, Kyrie's hurt. He's not the only one. Marcus Smart is injured. Uh, Jalen Brown just came back from injury. The, the Celtics have a lot of injuries right now. Uh, do we think that they can beat the Cavs?
2: Yeah, I think they can, but they obviously got to get Kyrie back and they got they got to get everyone healthy. I mean, I was I was I was kind of writing off the Cavs like a lot of people were, you know, before the deadline and then all of a sudden when they got um Clarkson, Larry Nass Jr., and then all of a sudden they blow out the Celtics in that in the first game with that team, like I've been flip-flopping basically the whole time in terms of Cleveland, Boston and Toronto. But I th- I think it'll be one of those three teams that'll it'll likely be Cleveland again, but I st- I think Boston has a shot though, for sure.
1: I think Boston has a much better chance. Yes, if they're healthy, but mm-hmm. at this point I I'm I'm done doubting LeBron. <laughs> He's uh He's just too good. Every year, there's the the Cavs have their troubles. It's like, will the, will they be able to you know even make it get you know to the to the finals? And then LeBron just takes over the postseason, and then you get to watch him play in the finals. So uh, I have no reason to believe that that won't happen again, just based on recent history.
2: It's probably yeah, one true. Thing, this yeah. This year, Cleveland's going to
1: be the three seed.
3: <laughs>
0: so they K- they're gonna have to. In, in all likelihood, they would have to win two series uh, without having home court advantage. I think a healthy Boston has a good chance. Uh, if they're not healthy, then I would say Toronto has a better chance of knocking them off. But even then, the Raptors have had their fair share of playoff struggles. 2014, they were a three seed. They lost in the first round in seven games to the Nets. 2015, they're a four seed. They get swept in the first round by the Wizards. 2016 as a two seed they do get to the eastern conference finals for the first time in team history they go to six games with cleveland which is impressive but still could not get to the finals past them and last year they got swept in the second round by cleveland as a three seed so toronto's playoff success has not not really been a thing um and there's certainly reasons to doubt them i think if they can they can come out of the gates and comfortably knock off the eight seed, survive whoever they face in the second round, whether it's Philly, Indiana, Washington, and make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, home court advantage, I wouldn't necessarily write them off and say that they can't beat Boston or Cleveland, but I do understand the reasons for doubts, and that is kind of a big if that they can maintain enough early playoff success to even get that far, so...
2: Yeah, I wouldn't totally write them off, like just because they have the easier road. Since Boston, Cleveland would obviously meet in the second round, but I think, I think whoever they face, Boston or Cleveland, I would give the edge to one of those two. Even though like Toronto would have home court advantage, like their playoff success, like is is no joke. Like they they will like eventually lose to a much better team. It's usually LeBron, but I think if. If it were Boston, a healthier Boston team, they would, they would be able to pull it out still.
0: Yeah, so we'll see how, how things go as the NBA season wraps up. And with that, let's get to our MLB season preview. So first things first, Brian, you and I are Red Sox fans. The Red Sox-Yankees rivalry is back. So the twenty seventeen was the first time since two thousand nine that both teams made the playoffs in the same season, and I have to think that's going to continue for at least the next few years. But specifically in twenty eighteen,
2: to add to your point, I think the the Red Sox Yankees rivalry definitely won't be um, the same like it, as it was in you know the years of like o three and o four with the you know everything that's happened in the playoffs with those two. I, I It's not going to be the same with Jeter, A-Rod, Matsui, Clemens, and so on. But, I mean, after last year with um, the addition of Sale and then for the Yankees having Judge and, and now Stan, I mean, I, the rivalry is going to get... It's going to come back a little bit more, and which is definitely good for the game. Um, and I think the Yankees will eventually... Um, We'll be we'll be the ones that'll come on on top at on the AL East, but I think I think those two the Indians the Astros I think I think all all four of those teams are the, the only ones that will have a real shot of making the World Series in my opinion in the American League.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the the Red Sox had a a solid addition in JD Martinez, but like I said in the last episode. They haven't been the most successful when it comes to big-name free agent signing, so we'll see how he does. I think if Martinez can hit 30 to 35 home runs, doesn't necessarily need to be at the 45 he was at last year, but just enough to uh, you know, really provide a spark to one of the worst home run hitting offenses in the league last year. Uh, that would be huge for Boston. I think David Price stays healthy, and Rick Porcello at least has... He wasn't bad last year. But he gave like,
2: up. He gave a, a lot, a lot of hits. I mean, just way too mm-hmm. many hits. I mean, I don't think any of us expect him to be the Cy Young winner he, like he was in 2016. But I mean, I think if if he was, if he can be respectable, like you know, 10 to 15 win season with, you know, a whip with under under like one and a half or whatever it was, something abysmal, but. I, I mean, he doesn't need to be sale or price, but I think he can be a respectable you know, number three starter for the Red Sox. Yeah, and
0: that, that, that's all they have to ask for. Uh, I think Xander Bogarts, it would be great to have a bounce-back year from him. And there's a lot of stuff that I think needs to happen for the Red Sox. But at the same time, the Yankees, who knows? John Carlos Stanton has had injury issues in the past. I think if he stays healthy, he could it, definitely hit sixty home runs in that stadium. Uh, he can, but... he can
2: you he can do that of one, one arm in that stadium. I mean, <laughs> like, it's, the, the stadium is a little league field, especially with Judge and Stanton. Yeah. Like they're both gonna hit yeah, sixty the, bombs.
0: Yeah, Judge and Stanton, that's definitely a scary duo. Uh, I do think the Red Sox should have the better rotation. Uh, I think Luis Severino is is a solid starter, but I don't know if he is the same kind of ace category that Chris Sale and David Price should be.
2: Well, I, I I would agree that the Red Sox would have the better rotation. I mean, when you have when you have Sale and Price at the top and Porcello, and I don't think I don't think Pomerantz will be as good as he was last year, but I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. still a good still a good starter. And I mean, who knows what you know Stephen Wright and you know Eduardo Rodriguez will do. I mean. Steven Wright's already suspended for the first fifteen games of the year, yeah. um, so that's definitely not a good start for the Red Sox in you know that department. But I think the Yankees' rotation is not as bad as you know you know people give him credit for. I mean, yes, it's really just Severino and Tanaka, but I mean, Sonny Gray. I think he can be. I mean, he's probably not going to be the elite version as he was like in Oakland, but I think he can still be pretty good and. I think Sabathia, he's not going to be like he was, you know, way back when his first years of the Yankees. But you know, it's still still a good rotation. I'd still give the edge to the Yankees, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I I think I'm gonna pick the Yankees to win the AL East, but I'm certainly excited to watch Red Sox Yankees this season. Yeah, uh, should be should be a lot of fun. Something that hasn't been the case a, a lot. <laughs> in the past decade.
2: I I mean, the games, they're only like four hours long. You can watch the whole thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 19 times a year. So so moving on, last season we had a great World Series between the Astros and Dodgers, Houston winning in seven games. A lot of people think the Astros and the Dodgers are still the teams to beat in their leagues. This offseason, neither team really made big splashes to improve... They're great teams. Houston did trade for Garrett Cole. The Dodgers brought back Matt Kemp. But outside of that, not a whole lot of noteworthy additions for either of those teams. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of their chances to get back to the World Series?
2: Um, yeah, I would, I would agree with people. I mean, there weren't really any huge losses. I mean, the only notable loss I can really think of is the Darvish, you know, going to the Cubs, who who they kind of rival in the National League, but i mean there's they're both those teams they're still two of the top like three or four teams in the in the entire league i mean when it's uh, yeah i would agree with people on that opinion
0: yeah i, I definitely think that uh both of those teams are going to be really good i think the dodgers are going to finish with the best record in baseball again i think they're loaded uh yeah, they did lose you darvish but Overall, they have a really solid lineup. I think Justin Turner is uh, one of the best hitters in baseball, and they have they have some uh, a fun, talented players like Yasiel Puig, right, Ben?
1: He's <sighs> one of my favorites in the league, solely based on his backstory. I've seen limited games of Yasiel Puig baseball, but I do know that the man defected from Cuba to come to the great, the greatest country, uh, the United States, and for, the, for that, I salute him.
0: Yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, inspiring. He he's been a, a fun player to watch and root for his whole career in LA.
2: I wouldn't call him an ex- inspiring player. I mean, like I guess that's an inspiring story, but I wouldn't call him an inspiring player. He's the cockiest guy in the league. He inspired. He's not even.
1: He inspired me to follow him on Instagram. So. <laughs> oh,
2: all right. That's, that's good.
1: Uh, but I
0: I did I do have my predictions and I do have. Houston finishing with the best record in the American League and L.A. finishing with the best record in the National League. Um, and to, to move on, my prediction for the most competitive division, at least at the very top, is the NL Central. The Cubs are the Cubs. They have been phenomenal the past three years, winning the World Series in 2016 and their 108-year drought. The Cardinals have been consistently one of the best teams in baseball for the last 15 years now and I think the Milwaukee Brewers really improved themselves this offseason uh, signing a few big name free agents and highlighted by outfielders Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich, who they traded uh, acquiring from the Miami Marlins I think Milwaukee has a really good chance of unseating the Cubs and winning the Central this season
2: um well yeah I'd, I'd probably agree with that the NL Central is is probably the most competitive. I mean, the AL East it's really just the Yankees and Red Sox, and then Toronto, Baltimore, and Tampa. I don't think they're really gonna make any noise. Uh, the AL Central is a joke after Cleveland. <laughs> um, the AL West it's I mean I think I think the Rangers and Angels can make some noise, but I mean it's pretty obvious that the the Astros are gonna come out on top there. And um, yeah, so I, I I'd probably agree with that opinion that um the cubs, cardinals, brewers, i mean pirates even maybe maybe not the <laughs> pi- maybe not the pirates they'll yeah, probably we'll, they'll probably the they'll <laughs> probably finish fourth or fifth but i th- uh, i think i think you're right though on the cubs, cardinals and and the brewers maybe like competing like till the very end
0: yeah so the the brewers like i mentioned they added Kane and yellick Eric Timms and Travis Shaw are coming off 31 home run seasons. Orlando Arcia, I think, has a chance to to really break out after a solid campaign last year. He's a young shortstop hit 277, 15 homers, 53 RBIs. And they're their top two guys in the rotation. Jace Anderson, 12 and 4, 274 ERA, 133 strikeouts. Zach Davies, 17 and 9, 390 ERA, 124 strikeouts. Uh, I think I think Milwaukee is is definitely headed in the right direction. They made some solid moves this offseason after uh, really improving last year, finishing above 500 and being in the playoff race for as long as they were. Uh, that being said, you know, the Cubs have won the division two years in a row. They added Hugh Darvish and Tyler Chatwood to an already solid rotation, and they have a phenomenal young core with Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, Wilson Contreras, so they, they're... they uh certainly a team that uh you can't just overlook and then the st louis cardinals they they picked up another marlins outfielder in Ozuna. zuna
2: i'd still lean so. i'd still lean with the cubs winning that division i mean like you said they still have the same young core with with bryant and rizzo and um i was watching a little bit of the spring training game with the cubs and red sox and kyle Schwarber lost a ton of weight i, mean, I couldn't even recognize him um I mean I don't know if they'll be a huge part of their like their lineup or not. I mean but I I still think it'll be the Cubs on coming out on top in the central.
0: Yeah, I think Milwaukee and Chicago are both going to make it. I I'm going a little bold in saying the Brewers will win the central, barely edge out the Cubs, but I think that'll be a very fun division race to watch. Uh probably a little bit more and- fun for
2: you, you know liking the pirates but
0: yeah but we'll see i think the pirates aren't going to be as bad as some people think i think their lineup is gonna be pretty solid uh their rotation is certainly questionable but i think they're 76 and 86 somewhere around that mark they're not going to finish 500 but i don't think they're gonna approach 100 losses so we'll see what happens with them um (laughs) And then a fun team that everybody loves to think is finally going to be their year, the Washington Nationals. Sports Illustrated predicts that they will win the World Series. It is the fourth time since 2013 they predict them to make the World Series. Is this finally their year?
2: Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to end up just like their hockey team. <laughs> they lose in the first round every year. I don't care how good their team is. I know, I know they have scherzer and harper and and all those guys but it, it they're gonna lose in the first round just like every other year <laughs> what am i basing yeah. that on just their playoff history i know not a lot yeah. to you base know, on but it's it just happens all the time
0: <laughs> i i think that this could finally be the year when they win a playoff series um i have incorrectly predicted them to make the world series in recent years last year i thought they would get there 2015, I predicted them to win it all. Um, but yeah, it's it is it is amazing how how bad Washington sports teams have been in the playoffs in recent years. Uh, in fact, no Washington sports team has made it to their league or conference finals since the Capitals in 1998.
2: I I would just jump off the Washington sports bandwagon <laughs> if I lived in DC. I I really would just join like. All these bandwagons, I would just join the Golden State bandwagon. I would join the Yankees bandwagon. I would, I would just leave every single fan base in Washington I if was, if I heard that it, stat it's, and it's I lived there. Tough.
0: It it has to be tough, no, you know,
2: like, I I mean, I, it can't be as tough as being a like I don't know Cleveland Browns fan. I don't know, but
0: uh, you know you got the Cavs have been well. They 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 won the finals a couple of years
2: yeah, ago. I, so yeah, and Ohio State <laughs> won the national championship yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> but.
0: Yeah, I know it, it is. It is a uh, pretty, pretty sad how Washington sports fans have have uh, seen their teams lose in recent years.
2: I never understood um, why like people thought Durant would you know i know it's completely off topic like not on baseball but it's it's a washington topic but like i don't understand why people thought durant was going to washington i mean yeah he's from there but like what else why else would he go to the wizards that is the least
1: <laughs> kevin durant thing he could possibly do now yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah following up uh his decision to go to golden state <laughs> that's certainly the case yeah the
0: wizards as the wizards have never made the uh the what the eastern conference finals ben and i actually looked this up earlier the last time the washington basketball team made it was when the washington bullets went to the nba finals in 1979 (laughs) and lost to the seattle supersonics so yeah that that's how long it's been uh for for the basketball team and uh the baseball team hasn't made it that far since they
1: were the washington senators and (laughs) that was that was a uh, many long time many, ago. Yeah, yeah Only ago. only yeah. '90s <laughs> kids remember the Washington in any conference finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and then yeah, somewhat related.
0: So the Nationals, I think we can all agree, are still going to win the NL East because the NL East is a very bad division, um, and the bottom of that division is almost definitely going to be the Miami Marlins. How many games are they going to lose this year?
2: And why is that? <laughs> they,
0: they, so, Derek Jeter comes in, trades Stanton, trades Christian Yellick, he, trades Marcelo Zuna. You know he just did All that the, just to
2: help his team. It,
0: the Stanton trade out. It sounds like he bought a team and didn't realize I, how much it was going to cost.
2: How did, the, how did baseball prove that? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Like, it, l- is,
0: it is a mystery. Like,
2: but. the M- the NBA blocks the Chris paul Pagasol trade, but... They don't block off Jeter trading the best player in baseball to his former team. That's not yeah, sketchy you know,
3: at all. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Uh, yeah, Rob Manfred certainly has some explaining to do with that
2: one. I mean, he's better, he's better than Bud Seelig. That's all that matters.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I am a big Rob Manfred fan. Uh, but back to my question about the how many games the Marlins will lose this year, uh, I'm predicting them to finish 53-109. and 109. And that might be generous
2: you're gonna go to Vegas of so. that with that with that <laughs> prediction
0: no, no I'm not not gonna go that far but uh, I do think that the Marlins have a chance to approach uh, some historic territory when it comes to baseball futility so we'll see how they do and then overall playoff predictions Brian who's going to the World Series
2: um I like the Dodgers over the Yankees, like in terms of yeah, as a, yeah, a whole I'm World Series prediction.
0: With, I'm also going with Dodgers. I mean, when so,
2: you're um, when you're that close and you have you still have all the same pieces. I mean, I know Justin Turner's gonna be out a month with a broken wrist, but I mean that shouldn't be a big issue since it's only the beginning one of, the, of the year.
0: The best players in the league, and, right? Um, I I definitely like like LA's chances to finally break through this year. It hurts saying the Yankees are going to go to the World Series, but I I think they're going to win the AL East. I think they're going to knock off the Astros in the ALCS, get revenge from last year, which they almost did. And I think we're going to have uh, the classic Dodgers Yankees World Series uh, bout, which we we saw a lot of, you know, back in like the '50s, and we're we're finally going to see it again. And I I do think that LA is going to take home the commissioners trophy. Ben, any thoughts on who's going to the World Series this year? None.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my dad hates Fair enough. My, my dad hates <laughs> both those teams so much. I mean he's a Red Sox fan, so he's obviously gonna hate the Yankees so a lot, but he he really hates the Dodgers as well. I mean he went to a lot of you know a lot of uh, a lot of those games when he was a kid. And he just never liked the Dodgers. <laughs>
0: All right, Uh, so with that, let's move on to today's top five. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. So we have Brian as our guest. Uh, So for fun, Ben and I decided to rank our top five favorite Brian celebrities, uh, both real and fictional. And after we give our list, Brian is going to tell us what his oh, favorite man. list is. <laughs> this, this is uh, rough.
3: <laughs> so, um,
0: and you know, Ben, Ben and I have, after last week having nearly identical lists, you and I actually have completely different lists this time.
1: Yes, that's right, and I'm glad. Actually, this time I was able to be completely uninfluenced by your list, as I did not look at it until I'd already compiled my own. Uh, once I saw the topic, I was like, I'm, I've got it. So I'm glad that we came out with some unique ones. We won't have to uh, repeat each other.
0: Uh, it'll certainly make it easier for Brian to judge uh, given the, the major discrepancies in our list. Yes, so, I agree. Ben, do you want to start us out?
1: Yes, and my first Brian is going to be... Uh, it's, just, it's a bit of a shout-out. I, I want to say thank you to Brian Hoyer, for suffering in the 49ers' backfield for the first few weeks of the year last year. I think it was the first six weeks we had old Brian Hoyer. And uh, he was... uh, Actually, well. I don't know the exact time frame, but he did not win any football games with us. And he was standing behind what you could barely define as an offensive line. And uh, it was a very necessary step in our journey to trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, for that... Brian Hoyer is my number five Brian, and I salute him for the time that he served uh, taking hits for the 49ers. All right. So my number
0: five, uh, part of this might be just uh, recency bias on my end, but I'm going with Brian Anderson here, the sportscaster for TBS. And I love Brian Anderson because I hear him during – march madness and the mlb playoffs and i love both of those uh i think that you know march madness has been great this year it's been fun listening to brian anderson he was the one who called the south regional and loyola chicago uh making it to the final four he's also the the big uh, tbs guy during the mlb playoffs so i really enjoy listening to brian anderson he's just uh associated with a lot of a lot of fun sports memories with with march madness and the mlb playoffs so he's my number five
2: nice <laughs> uh, so my number five was also brian hoyer <laughs> nice <laughs> <I> mean, okay <laughs> Solid, sol solid quarterback at michigan state and you know a pretty good backup for the patriots and all the other teams he's he's been with but i mean it would be a disaster though if if Brady did get injured, and Hoyer had to come in because he. <laughs> well, that's why he's Patriots number five, not number one. R- right, right. That's why he's not number one. Like I, the the Patriots would just have zero chance of winning if if, if he had to come in. I mean, maybe, he, maybe he'd win some games, and maybe he could, like you know, let's say Brady got injured in the, you know, knock on wood. Let's say he did get, um, if if he were to get injured on the you know first game of the year again, like he did. You know, many years ago, like I think Brian Hart could probably, you know, maybe lead him t- to nine and 7, 10 and five around that range. Or excuse me, wow, duh, bad math there. Ten and 6, <laughs> 11 and five. But um, I think it's safe to say in save. terms of winning a Super Bowl, not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Never. Most Patriots Never.
1: fans probably wouldn't be on board no. with that. No. Uh, but okay, so back around to me, my number four uh, for top five Brian's is Brian Williams former anchor of NBC Nightly News when uh, Tom Brokaw's unique voice finally left the air. Uh, he left a void that was filled by Brian Williams. And while I know Brian Williams' reputation is in tatters after he, uh, <laughs> you know, didn't tell the truth completely, which is kind of what we expect. of our, we, we expect our anchors to be honest with us and tell the truth. Uh, but for many years as a young kid First time, you know, kind of getting into the news, Brian Williams was a familiar voice for me. And uh, I also don't know that many uh, celebrities named Brian. So he is included (laughs) in my top five at number four. Yeah, I
0: I was tempted to put him on my list. He obviously did not have a great ending to his time with NBC after his uh, reportings of the Iraq war back in 2003 were... Proven to be slightly inaccurate, but yeah, he, he's certainly a good anchor. Um, great voice, so I, I guess I can't hate. Great voice, much. great voice. Um, my number four is Brian Wilson, and I'm referring to Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, not the baseball player. And how can you not love the Beach Boys? The, the Beach Boys are great. Uh, they're they're just like a fun band fun, with fun, some fun, some fun. fantastic. Took the tea yeah, yeah, A lot of fun songs and. As a kid, I loved the Bare Naked Ladies, and the Bare Naked Ladies wrote a tribute song about <laughs> Brian Wilson called "Brian Wilson." Uh, wonderful song. So Brian Brian Wilson
1: is is my number four. Uh, really enjoy summer is just around the corner. It's per- a great time to get yep. back into the Beach Boys.
2: Uh, Absolutely, my number four also Brian Wilson, but it's the baseball pitcher. <laughs> I mean, of one course, definitely yeah. one of the more colorful colorful you know players in the league i mean love the spandex tuxedo he wore at the sbs uh i mean just I, I loved his tweet i don't know if you remember or recall but uh you know when john mccain um got pissed at the you know the dodgers for winning the the nl west and jumping in the Diamondbacks pool like at the end of the game in the outfield like mm-hmm. um brian wilson started to tweet out like um about how her let, let me see if i can hold on let me i, th- I know i'm sorry i'm sorry hold on let me see all if right,
1: I can. Here, how about how about ben and i move on while you, right. you try yeah
2: i'll try story. to find that tweet it was awesome though <laughs> all right I should have it
1: all right so number three on my top five brian's list is the only fictional character on my list and that's brian fantana from anchorman and for me I don't think Brian Vantana was ever my favorite character in this movie, but he definitely has his moments, especially the 60% of the time it works every time. That that <laughs> line alone brought him to the top three on my list of Brian's, fictional and real. Anchorman is
0: definitely one of my, my favorite movies. I think it's a, a classic Um wouldn't say brian fantana is one of my top three favorite uh characters in in anchor man but i do think that it you know i i can't hate you put he's him
1: definitely my part. favorite brian in the whole movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is that is hard to argue um so my number three is luke brian and while i'm not a huge country music fan Luke Bryan is certainly one of my favorite country music artists I really enjoy a lot of his songs I think he's a a fun guy he you know he kind of has that whole pop country reputation which some people hate it I personally like it because I'm not a big country fan so you know I, I love to to listen to some Luke Bryan especially as the the warm weather summer hits uh so that's that's why he makes my list and i'm sure that there are a lot of girls listening to this who are very happy that i have luke Bryan included in my top five favorite bryans
1: i'm glad that you included a brian a last name brian uh instead of all first names that's good i, I, I like the variety yeah you know, gotta mix it up a little bit
0: <laughs>
2: brian um, have
1: you found your tweet yet
2: yeah i found it okay so <laughs> john mccain tweeted out um After the Dodgers jumped in the pool and all that. Um, No class act by a bunch of overpaid, immature, arrogant, spoiled brats. The Dodgers are idiots. And then Brian Wilson responds, Senator Mick Complain knows a thing or two about coming in second (laughs) and watching someone take a plunge in the pool. I mean poll hashtag politics (laughs) 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 that was worth finding (laughs) that was worth
1: finding well done Brian that is that was awesome (laughs) yeah that
2: tweet alone just makes me want to put put him number one I can't put him number one though (laughs) 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 once you find out who's number one on my list oh then you'll Oh, Just wow. Go crazy. All right. Well, who's your number three? Uh, oh, yeah. Not to jump ahead. But uh, <laughs> my number three um, is Brian Mills. If you don't know who that is, he's Liam Neeson's character in Taken. Nice. Probably the most badass okay. character of all time. And I would take him. Oh, absolutely. I would take him in a fight over pretty much anybody. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Jackie Chan or Jet Li or <laughs> Indiana Jones or... Rocky Balboa. I don't care. I don't care.
1: Nice. I love it because I totally forgot his name is Brian because I always call him Liam. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I just I. I, I didn't even think Liam of the me. fact that
1: he actually had a name in the movie.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So is it, it's back to me. Yeah. All yes. right. So my number two is Brian uh, Bumgartner, more famously known as Kevin from The Office, and I am a absolute j- Office junkie. It's something that I have to cut myself off from or else I won't get anything else in my life done. And Kevin is just w- one part of an amazing ensemble cast. Interesting fact about Brian um, Gardner He's actually on NFL Network sometimes for their top 10 shows. They get him to come in and comment on like top 10, you know, fumbles of all time or top 10 Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady games. Like he'll be one of those people who's like, "It was the it was the best game I'd ever seen," you know, in between c- clips of whatever football is going on. So he's he's actually a pretty involved sports guy with a real football opinion. Not as much of a dummy as Kevin in real life. <laughs> that's interesting i didn't know
0: that but uh yeah i can certainly appreciate uh you putting a character from the office just like putting a character from anchorman in your top five uh even though he may not be a top five character on the show uh when it comes to brian's i think that that's fair to
1: to definitely my favorite cast member on the office named brian (laughs) all right well my number two uh,
0: I wouldn't call myself a Chicago Bears fan, but I loved watching Brian Erlacher as a kid. I think Brian Erlacher is one of the best linebackers of our generation. I, I really particularly enjoyed playing with Brian Erlacher in backyard football. Uh, he, he was always one of the guys that I needed to have on my team for, for the, the defense. And I, I think Brian Erlacher just a very respectable player. He's someone who's easy to root for. I was very sad when he retired and uh for me, he, even though I was never a fan of his team, I, I definitely like him enough to say that he is my second favorite
3: Brian ever.
0: Yeah,
2: I was I was definitely a fan of watching, you know, Brian Erlacher, you know, getting schooled by Tom Brady in that one game. Yeah. Oh yeah, when he <laughs> juked yeah. him right out of his yeah. right out of his yeah. shoes. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. You put Brian Ehrlich on your defense in backyard football, Corey? Yes. Yeah, I, I would I would just use the Pete Wheeler, Pablo Sanchez tandem and everything. Like <laughs> yeah, like I, I was mean, supposed you, to be. You
0: played with like seven
2: guys. So. <laughs> I'd line up Brett Favre at receiver. For some reason, he had a lot of speed in that game. I don't know why, but <laughs> he was actually pretty good receiver. I don't know why, but he was. Yeah,
0: well, I know everyone played Michael Vick at running. Back. Yeah. That's never, never put him at quarterback. <laughs>
2: Well, Pete Wheeler was the so, GOAT running back, but I, yes, I, I wouldn't so, mind that yes, call so. either. Um, But, yeah, for my number two, Brian, I went with Brian Quinn. If you don't know who that is, he's mm, one yeah. of the uh, four guys on Impractical Jokers. And, yeah, that's really about it. Just love the show. Definitely one of my favorites. Like show, It's like though, what yeah. you said, Ben, about The Office. I definitely watch way too much Impractical Jokers. Nice. Um, I mean, it's I I I even watch it like, like even the YouTube clips clips of it. I mean, it's it's a horrible idea though to watch to watch Joker's on, uh, on YouTube in the library in the school library. It's, never, <laughs> it's not the smartest thing to do, <laughs> for sure
0: yeah and Practical jokers is a fantastic show yeah uh you know it, it it's the reason why people watch true tv outside of march Madness. no there's it's, there uh, yeah
2: the second my second favorite show on true tv is literally ncaa college basketball <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so q q is awesome yeah definitely appreciate you having him that high on your list yep. For sure. All right, Ben. Who's your number one? All
1: right. It is time to announce the number one on my top five Brians. And this one for me was the easiest one. This is the Brian that always comes to mind anytime I think about Brians. And it's Bryan Cranston, one of my favorite actors of all time, main character of Breaking Bad, one of my favorite TV shows of all time, and an actor with amazing range from serious dramatic role in uh, Breaking Bad. He's also great. As the hilarious dad Hal in Malcolm in the Middle. Hats off to Brian Cranston, number one Brian on my list.
0: Alright, uh, that is a respectable choice, but for me, my number one is my only fictional character, and that is the dog from Family Guy, Brian Griffin. And I, I have always been a big family Guy fan. Uh, I think that Family Guy is, has has at times not been as funny as some of <clears throat> the other uh, noteworthy cartoon comedy shows. But I think family Guy just uh, they've been around forever. and Brian Griffin is at least my favorite member of the griffin family Uh, i think he's he's hilarious i i think he's a a very respectable character you know peter's Peter's a dumb idiot and he's he's funny and all stewie's great because he's maniacal and whatever but but i I think that brian griffin just all the antics that he gets into and the fact that he's a dog and it, it just makes it so so much funny like knowing that this dog is able to interact with humans and live like a a normal human life despite being a dog and that to me is why Brian Griffin is my favorite Brian out there. Uh despite being fictional, he's my favorite celebrity Brian.
2: Man, you guys got it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the the best Brian of all time, Brian Scalabrini. <laughs> the White Mamba. How can you guys forget the White Mamba? <laughs> you guys you you guys need to check out his YouTube highlights though. I mean, like if you watch if you saw like the top 10 like highlights videos of Brian Scalabrine they're all like just normal three point shots or normal layups <laughs> it's it's incredible um, but yeah like is the white mamba is this guy with like the, crazy,
1: sure. the crazy he's brasses? got the red hair
2: he's got the wait who are you, who are you talking about
1: I might be talking about somebody else I'm trying to I don't think I've ever <laughs> s- heard of the white mamba just yeah, just I, all right
2: well google him
1: I'm I've got his uh MVP right now.
2: MVP stats? Yeah, Brian Scalabrine. yeah, they're definitely MVP stats for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I love Scal. That is uh who it is a tough
2: who, one who doesn't love scal? <laughs> 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 Greatest player of all time. <laughs> I mean not really, but I mean but I mean I loved using him in in 2k or an nba live (laughs) (laughs) just create the all-white team and he'd always be on it
0: yeah so in in eighth grade it was some kind of like computer graphic design class and we had to uh, like one of the projects was to make a sports illustrated cover with ourselves on it and uh, being the notable white guy on the Celtics, I photoshopped my face on a Brian Scalabrini and threw it on the Sports Illustrated cover, and it looked hilarious. Because <laughs> Brian Scalabrini <laughs> was this huge muscular guy, and I'm a
1: little eighth grader, but uh, it was definitely my favorite I love it. Yeah. work that I did that 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 class. So, dude, his highlights are just like him passing it
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's literally just like layups and oh normal shots and yeah, passes. <laughs> Okay,
1: I'm totally, I was totally blindsided by that, because I was like, how have I never heard of this guy who's apparently, like, the greatest of all time? (laughs) And I'm watching his highlights, I was like, when is he going to do something? And it's like, him dribbling down, not even shooting it, passing it to someone else, and them getting a layup, like, oh my gosh. Okay, top tier pick, Brian. As a Brian, you should know who the best Brians are, and I I think you've done extremely well. And Scal. Yeah, honestly, I think that Brian made the best list
0: uh, between Ben and I, so... Like I, I mean, said, probably, I mean, he would know Brian. Probably
2: expected being a Brian. I mean, I th- I feel like I'd know.
0: So, Brian, who who would you, who do you think made the better list between me and Ben, despite not having any similarities? Um,
2: <laughs> I mean, I definitely love the Brian Fantana pick. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but, well, first of all, you guys tied with me in terms of, like, you know, similar picks like Corey, you had Brian. Well, actually, no, you you had a different had a Brian. Different well, Brian. We'll yeah, I'd have to go with Ben, yeah. <laughs> He had, he had Brian Fantana. He had Brian Hoyer. Yep. Yeah. He had Brian Williams. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd probably have a different order, right. like, for, those, for his Brian's, but, yeah, I'd, I'd say he has the better list.
0: All right. I'm willing to concede the loss. Uh, finally,
1: victory is mine. I usually get crushed in the top five, so I'll take it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, so that, that's all we have for you. Brian, thanks for joining us. We hope to have you back soon, um, Ben. Do you
1: have any closing thoughts for us today? Uh, I just want to say I, I, it was really fun to do this again, and I'm happy we had Brian on board to talk about sports that I definitely don't know anything about. So thank you for <laughs> that, Brian.
2: Yeah, it was definitely a pleasure. Um, I think it'd be, I think I'll be a lot better if if we talked during probably NFL season. I mean, that's that's I think that's definitely a sport that all three of us would. You know have strong, strong the most strong opinions on agreed and, agreed
0: um yeah yeah it's it's sad that the uh, NFL offseason is has been the the only part of this podcast so far but you know it, it is it's nice to take a little break talk baseball talk a little basketball yeah so yeah and going forward to all of our our faithful listeners if you're willing to to come on the show and want to want to give your opinions uh reach out to me or ben we would love to have more guests um one this mo- is certainly fun having you on brian
2: yeah uh i guess one more thought um since the masters is coming up i would um as my prediction i would take justin rose um to win Justin the masters. Root. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I figured for
0: sure you would throw out Tiger Woods. No,
2: no. Come on. <laughs> I can't, he's the betting favorite cuz he, you know, did well in a few tournaments. Come on. I mean, I I'd love yeah, I... <laughs> love love Tiger for sure. I mean, on and off the field. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But um but no, he should not be the betting favorite just cuz he did well in a couple no. tournaments. No. It's crazy. No, I, I...
0: Yeah, I can't see him actually winning. I'm gonna root for him. I hope he does well. I hope he makes it worth watching. Mm-hmm. Which, it, being the Masters, it already will be. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think Tiger's gonna win. No. So.
2: No, I, I no, I, I strongly believe he'll compete, but I, winning, no, I, I can't, I can't see it happening. I can, I can just see right. this. From, I can just see this two weeks later, like he's putting on the green. Sergio's putting on the green jacket on him.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, so thanks everyone.